guys, it's uh, time now for the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 4, Episode 16 for this one tonight. And I am joined here with uh, my compatriots, my brothers in arms, Andy Soames and Ethan Nash. Andy, thanks for joining me, man. Good evening. <clears throat> yes, yes. Um, Hope you've had a good weekend. Man, I've had a great weekend, yeah. Perfect weather here in Brisbane this weekend. And uh, yeah, it's been been wonderful, thanks. Yeah. It has been, actually. You were out strafing uh, the public, uh, practicing your, uh, your, your, your dive bombing <laughs> techniques uh, here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, went for a bit of a fly yesterday over Mugra Dam. And yeah, just um, always practicing, mate. Always practicing. I love Steep it. turns and stalls and like um, emergency uh, landing and stuff. So. That's usually awesome, pick man. pick some poor farmer's like field to um, do a like a, a mock landing. Oh, so you like come right <laughs> down towards the ground, but you don't actually touch down, eh? No, no, don't touch down. Of course, yeah, cool. no. I'll, but I'll come to like oh, three or four hundred feet above, yeah, like the paddock, cool. and just you know just scare the shit out of some cows and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's what that's something that you've got to be really mindful that there's no animals around because. You don't you don't want to be like you know right on deep final like um, having a cow run out in front of you otherwise <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll really ruin your day. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff, man. Oh, I'm glad you had a good weekend so far. Ethan uh, also joining us for the discussion. Ethan, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you again. For it was a Monday night we caught up, but thanks again for uh, joining us tonight. Yeah, good, mate. Good to be here. Um, good to have a chat with you blokes again. Good to see Andy and yourself here. Another big fortnight. So look forward mm. to having a chat about everything that's been going on. Yeah, last episode, of course, for all listeners out there, we uh, we were discussing uh, Season 31 of Australia, starting with our new uh, Prime Minister being elected. But uh, we're going to probably touch on a little bit about what Anthony Albanese has up his sleeves. Actually, you know what? Let's just quickly, we'll quickly go over now. We don't need to go right into it, but it's something we've been sort of mentioning a fair bit on the show. We talk about how uh, the Agenda 2030 plans for Australia, setting up smart cities and what's, of course, going to be interconnecting with those smart cities, Ethan, is... High-speed rail, General. High-speed rail. That's right, brother. You have put up over at TOTT News there, June 17, just two days ago. For all the listeners out there, make sure you uh, check out the link in the show notes. Anthony Albanese unveils high-speed rail vision for Australia. Well, there you go, Ethan. Called once again. Of course, that's the plan. 
following the agenda as we all have been laying out here on the show for months now. That's the, that's, that's the vision. The vision is smart cities connected with uh, high-speed rail. Hey. Absolutely, General. Straight to work was the new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Um, he attended the Quad meeting. And during that Quad meeting, as he was catching up with everyone, there was a little gem after reviewing a lot of the footage. And it was him uh, speaking with the Japanese Prime Minister, sitting down and talking about plans for future economic cooperation and cooperation on larger projects. And he even said that one project that he's very keen to collaborate with the Japanese government on is what he called his obsessive vision for high-speed rail in Australia. And straight to work. And we, we said this before the election. He said it's going to be his first priority coming in as new prime minister. That sort of was the red flag to say, well, they're going to put him in now. He's going to go straight to work with all the cultural Marxist policies, which we'll talk about in this episode moving forward, the renewables and the energy and everything oh, yeah. like that. But yeah. very important that, you know, it, it, it as soon as he got the prime ministership, it didn't slip under the radar for us, but he is looking. He said okay. there's been no better place that's done it than Japan with their current high-speed rail program. Now, the thing is, is they actually run theirs on nuclear power over there. So... I'm not sure where this is leading in terms of renewable energies and stuff. No, I, can but tell you. I can tell you, mate, it's going to be a just wind farms all the way along. <laughs> <laughs> every every length of that track will be accompanied by a big fucking turboprop wind farm or some stupid bullshit, or it won't get off the ground, or they'll realise, yeah, we've shot ourselves in the foot, we can't power the high-speed rail. Uh, yeah. The old, uh, we'll get the wish.com version, mate, our, <laughs> our crappy attempt. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. But straight to work, and obviously he's going to collaborate with them, obviously might import some, you know, hardware, some trains and stuff like that. And, and conveniently, mate, all of a sudden, after 30 years of them discussing a high-speed rail after the bushfires, the economic shutdown and the floods, all of a sudden... Some of their massive concerns about buying up all the land and how much it's going to cost for all of that are out the window. And Albanese says, full steam ahead, literally, no pun intended. And here we are. Full speed, high speed rail, we'll have to watch this. I think the New South Wales government have announced $500 million already to be invested for the Sydney to Newcastle part of the high speed rail line. So each state government's going to do it together. But they're getting to work after 30 years, General, and call me a conspiracy theorist, but how convenient was it for them that all of that land was just cleared in the last two years and people's entire communities devastated so they don't have to worry about bargaining and negotiating and trying to make this 30-year vision come true? It's off to the races, mate. Yeah, yeah, good old consolidated land and rail Australia, probably most likely buying up uh, a bunch of properties there for pennies on the dollar along the way so they can quickly hand it over. For, and probably get a little bit extra for it. Who knows? But um, yeah, they're all part of it, and of course, anyway. What I will look, I'll give it. I'll give it this to him. <clears throat> of course, it's part of the plan. But thank fuck they're not getting China to build this thing. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> I'm glad it's the Japanese. They do know what they're doing in terms of that sort of shit. So, but that's where it stops for me. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's it's um, still built upon the broken dreams of tens of thousands of strains unfortunately yeah, regards right. whether it's smooth or not you know we'll be we'll be passing over the desecrated communities of 
of people as we go down the east coast. Mm, probably still being forced to wear a mask while you're on that public transport or on that train or who knows, whatever else. I'm sure it'll be privatised and it won't be owned by the federal government. Some other company will come in and make their own fucking rules and set their own prices and gouge everyone and they'll be like, oh, it's cheaper to fly there. But, you know, anyway. Yep. And what comes next? The smart cities, Lismore and everything to be recreated as smart cities. They will connect all of this. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. these uh, visions become reality. And they're already and just... acquiring the land. We've seen those articles too, haven't we, Ethan? Acquiring the land, just getting those large swaths of land from that um, conglomerate or whatever, that group that's been set up down there to just start taking back properties that have, yep. were, you know the owners haven't come back to or whatever. Well, well you don't own them anymore. It's their ours now. You know, it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you know. Yep, yeah, absolutely, stuff. mate. Mm. The bushfire people, mm. uh, they've, they're still trying to recover. They're still looking for their payments. And now the flood recovery, there's there's people living in their caravans and stuff still, living in tents because yep. they can't they, they can't qualify for some of this insurance and some of this payout that was promised to them. So here we, we still see this ongoing the ADF and yeah. it didn't help anything. And, and here we go, Australia raising how many hundreds of millions of dollars for these for these flood reliefs and for the bushfire appeals and all that where did that go hey who's that exactly. funding that's a, that's just a black hole right there fuck me Andy, I'll, have to, just... I'll have to sorry i'll just just to quickly round up You're i'll right. have to link to an article um by the sydney morning herald from june 15th that says thousands still waiting for rental relief after flood floods destroyed paperwork and then it oh. says less than 10 percent of the 250 million rental support fund has been distributed to new south wales flood victims months after the natural disaster swept through the state's north so only 10 percent of the funds been paid out apparently wow in all these months just Unreal. a massive massive <clears throat> slush fund that's just sitting there waiting for them to use being swallowed up by the banks who fucking knows but that's that's why i'm <laughs> unfortunately i don't donate to any of those big charities or the red cross or all that sort of bullshit no fucking way you want to help someone help help a family direct go you know find a family that's down there get them on facebook or socials or whatever and say give me your bank details i'm going to transfer you a hundred you know what i mean like help someone directly don't send it off to some charity just so you can get that feel good you know oh i did my part i've helped you know oh fuck tell your family and friends out there too listeners that's not how you help people that's just giving you a little yourself a little pat in the back because you think you've done good no, that's not how you help people. You just, you've literally just funded some fucking slush fund for, who knows, black ops. Who fucking knows? Like, it's going to be any, something like mm. that. Uh, Ando, um, just quickly before we move on, give us your thoughts on that uh, vision, of course, for Albo, the high-speed rail. We all called it. It's all coming to fruition. Yeah, <clears throat> amazing, isn't it? You know, I mean, of course, Albo is like, you know, just, just an NWO puppet installed, basically. And was it, wasn't it so, like, um, predictable, you know, leading up to the, the election? And, and didn't you get the feeling that, that, that ScoMo had basically, like, handballed it over to this bloke? And it just oh, didn't yeah. seem to be much fight, like, like <laughs> there was no Morrison or anything It was just going like through the motions, Andy. Yeah, yeah, it was really obvious, you know, and, and, and that's where we're at at the moment. So, um, so we've got this absolute puppet um, which is, you know, probably only just slightly more of a puppet than the previous one, and um, and here we are. It's just um, yep, red teams uh, in. Yeah, red teams in now. Um, <laughs> blue teams having a rest. <laughs> maybe maybe back for the next time. So, oh, probably. Yeah. yeah, or they might get two out of Albo. Who knows? 
depends but, on what um, happens in terms of the global collapse that's coming up shortly. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see how we weather that one. These um these smart cities and this um you know high speed rail and stuff like isn't it isn't it just eerie to think that like all of these displaced people will be you know like gifted these very very small apartments um you know within these smart cities in, and, in the uh, pod the pod city that's coming the yeah, pod city <laughs> yeah once once they've basically been been kicked off the land and and relocated to the, this type of living so. You know, you know what it reminds me of, and this is why I kind of got well away from all the zeitgeist stuff because I sort of mentioned this with JLB when I was on his show, how it all sort of started for me and where it, where it all came about. Yeah, they made all those zeitgeist films and stuff, and there was a bloke on there, Ethan, you may remember, even you, Andy, as well. Jacques Fresco was his name, and he was, like, talking about how, oh, yeah, we need to have all these little cities that we can live in and it's all even and everyone has their own little sustainable fucking pod city and all this sort of bullshit. Everyone was like, yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm sitting on That was one thing that I fucking hated about. I was like, going, no, no, like, you've just lost everything. You've, that's, you're that's you going the wrong direction there, guys. That's where I jumped off that train. I went, no, nah, that's not you. You've lost yeah, it, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. It was very much the same sort of shit, you know? It's a 100%. communistic ideal. Yeah, oh, it is. You know? You're 100% right. When you see footage of, like, Russia and China and you see, what do they call them? Like, like in America, they call them the projects, but they call them something else in those cities over there where every fucking building is the same and it's, you know, for, for you know, so all across the horizon, all you see is the same building in these cities that are just, you know, planned, perfectly planned back in the day mm -hmm. and they're crumbling and falling apart now because nothing like that ever works, you know. Um but hey, we're gonna we're gonna try it again, I guess. <laughs> That's what's coming. Oh, all right. <laughs> and um, general, when we when, uh, quite a few years ago, or maybe four or five years ago, when we visited Hanoi, yeah. man, that place like you 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 stand back like if you go, you know, five or six floors up in a building and look out to the city, you see these massive massive apartment blocks. They're just like like yeah, kilometers like and kilometers. Like a yeah, and a thousand apartments in every one of them, or something. Eh? Oh, and and the rest, you yeah, know, well, like yeah. they're just mm. they're just insanely, just absolutely huge. Biggest thing that you know you could see. They almost like block the skyline. They're just so massive, and, and about fifteen stories high, and and people just crammed into these things. You know, mm. um, man, that's ugly. Yeah. That's just so ugly to me. I mean, oh, it was so ugly, oh, so ugly, man. And I don't and even want. I don't even want the 2030 version of that for Australia. No yeah. fucking way, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, at the ground level, when people, like, have to come downstairs to do – you can't move, like, along the sidewalks and stuff because, like, it's just – there's too many – there's so many people squeezed in in, Into in a few square, square kilometres. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So, mm. uh, yeah, I just, I just remember that. I just thought I'd drop that one in. Yeah, nice. nice. So you've got that experience to, to, to bring that to the table. It's good. Uh, well, let's let's segue into something else here before we again we have to spend too much time on it. But just recently announced uh, again two days ago over at TOTT News as well, Queensland's public health emergency uh, extended until September. Oh man, we when we look, we knew it was going to happen. We've been monitoring this extension of the public health emergency constantly since the beginning of the scandemic, and they just roll that shit on. Doesn't matter. You know, back in the day, remember, it was, well, quick, let's create a couple of fake cases so we can, and right towards when it was about to expire, all some fake cases came up and bang, get extended again. Now it's fucking case, it's a case-demic. It's, there's cases, 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 all about cases. And they're in the tens of thousands of, of cases. 
And uh, yeah, there's no emergency. Everyone's going about their business. They're unwinding all the man well, not unwinding all the mandates, but then they're pulling back on all of these mandates and rules. So again, they were not that there was emergency to begin with, but it's even less of an emergency now. But no, it gets extended once again. Ethan, give us your take on this one, brother. Yeah, no, you you said it perfectly, General. You can even go on the website and it, it tells you, take a look at the previous extensions. And it's just like an archive now because just yeah, yeah. every three months, like you said, they just roll it on. They used to have justification for it. Now they don't. Even with other things, like they just announced that there's another $700 million of COVID-era yeah. funding for the yeah, rest I heard of the that year. Yeah, the radio, yeah. All of this type of stuff is 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 continuing, is extending this public health emergency measures, which means the public health emergency itself in Queensland has been extended. I mean, Queensland, there's no public health emergency. Not that there was, but no one's locked down, no one's afraid, no one's wearing masks. Where is the emergency? Oh, Why are they continuing this on? I'll tell you where the emergency is now, Ethan. Have you not seen about the ramping and... Everything that's now happened because of the mass rollout of the fucking vaccine, and now we're seeing mass carnage as a result. And mm. that is actually the emergency that's happening. Not that it's about a pandemic, but it's about the damage being done and the hospital system now being overwhelmed as a result as well, of course, getting rid of all their staff that didn't want to get the vaccine. So they went, uh, what was it when we talked about on a previous show, like 4,000, maybe more staff that they admitted to that... Um, Queensland Health had to basically let go, um, which made all the hospitals in from there on, all the ambulances, all everything. I mean, they're, they're even talking about putting, uh, you know, patients who are not exactly life-threatening emergency into taxis to bring them in because they haven't got enough, uh, you know, ambulances and stuff. That is actually the emergency, all right? But it's got nothing mm -hmm. to do with this scamdemic that's happening, mate. That's, that's the whole bullshit part about it, you know what I mean? So, look, I didn't mean to contradict you, man, but that to me is probably actually what's really happening on because god forbid any of us and any of you guys even have to go to a house go to a hospital for whatever reason um my goodness stay as far away as, as possible because all they want to do is send you home they don't want you there they want to get rid of you as fast as possible mm. Mm. yeah oh absolutely yeah that's the shadow pandemic that's been creeping behind the scenes since well the said. vaccine rollout started pandemic. and absolutely general we they're talking about hospitals being overwhelmed and all this stuff, and it's all a combination of a problem that they've created, vaccine injuries, firing staff, all this type of stuff, and here we go again. It's just continuing, it's extending on, and, and I wonder whether they're going to ramp the narrative up eventually once things get too bad, and we've spoken about this on previous episodes. Will a second wave come back to mask a mass amount of vaccine injuries that are coming up? Because they're still coming, still on... You know, uh, Jab Injuries Australia on their Instagram page and stuff, 80,000 followers or whatever, still people reporting almost daily, hi, I'm this person, this is my injury, still vaccine schemes out there. So, and and they're not relenting on the, the jabs either. They've just recommended a fourth jab for autoimmune compromise. BHB, Woolworths, all of these major employers have said, we're not getting rid of our vaccine mandate regardless of state policies. They're, they're now talking about we're going to finally have a jab for under fives soon. Mm -hmm. And all of this has stopped, but the, it's just continuing on. All of the people in these workplaces are still mandated, teachers, all this stuff, mm. all the health workers, all of this stuff is just continuing on. And it's just, it's just crazy to see that it's all a creation of their own doing. 
Absolutely. And I've noticed a lot more bloody people wearing masks again, too. God, it's, I mean, that's, of course, the flu season hype and get your jab, get your free flu jab and all that sort of stuff. I mean, God, how much is that costing us, the taxpayers? Fuck me. <laughs> oh, my God. Free flu, free, free flu jabs for everyone. They're just tossing them out of helicopters above. Oh, they landed on me. Good. I got my jab. You know, like, it's just ridiculous the amount of money they're wasting on this stuff. And the, 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 sheer trauma that it's causing to the public and overwhelming the system you know causing like you said that's what's causing an actual emergency not the bullshit from the, from the beginning oh my yeah. goodness yeah crazy so crazy it, it, it's it's like a double-edged um, reality you know there's the real emergency and the fake emergency and they intertwine together constantly they mask each about, other constantly we talk about the this inversion of reality. inversion of reality that's right ethan my goodness, it comes up a lot on this show that we do, and and we got to call it out when we see it, mate. This inversion of the reality around us, because if you don't, you 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 you'll get blind to it. You become store blind to this sort of stuff. Andy, have you noticed this as well? Have you noticed a lot more people getting all their masks on, getting all afraid again? You know, um, I actually didn't even catch this in the news, Ethan. I only saw it because you published about it. This I don't even know if this actually even made headlines. Uh, to be honest, this extension of the powers, but. Uh, did yeah. you just quickly before I crossed to Andy? Did you see it in the headlines at all, Ethan, or, or did you no. just pump, no. got, got wind of it? Obviously, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, didn't see any articles either. They snuck they that in. Mm. They don't even announce it now. They just release right. press releases. How much of on a non-emergency is it when they're not even fucking announcing that they've extended the emergency? Like, <laughs> exactly. Wow, <laughs> does your head in, doesn't it? Uh, Andy, your yeah. thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, as far as masks, I have I have noticed a bit of an uptick on that. Mm. Um, is there more like noise coming through the TVs in regards to masks and things? Because I've seen, um, like, I mean, I, I do watch a little bit of lot. mainstream, but I haven't, I haven't seen them pushing it. To be honest, I've seen them talking about the flu jabs and getting the flu jabs. Um, yeah. No, I haven't seen any talk about masks and stuff. Although um, I have seen snippets from people sending me videos about, um, like, morning breakfast TV having, you know doctor this of the fucking whatever saying oh we recommend people do wear masks and blah 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 that's about it yeah. but not yeah. as a you know from the government it's, or anything. It, it's such a strange psychology because you know like you it's it i've never seen it before where we've got school kids you know adopting these sort of like strange behaviors and then as and then on the other right through to you know very old people adopting this sort of mentality too with the masks so yeah it's very very um sophisticated psychological weapons that are being like um dumped onto the people mm. um and and it's not age dependent as far as i can see at all it's just like just randomly seems to affect certain certain people it really um, illustrates though how well they got trained andy in that yeah you know, two years of nonsense and the lockdowns and back open and then more lockdowns and wear masks and don't wear masks and, you know, that whole confusion about everything that it's now just easier for some, for the dickheads out there to just go and put a mask on, you know, and they'll just do it, you know, no matter how ridiculous they are and how ridiculous they look to everyone else around them, they're, there's, they're just so well trained now, mate. Yeah, they are, you know, the, 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 the fear factor has been really firmly printed in them. And and now it's it's for certain people, it's as common as pulling on a pair of underpants to go out mm. the door. You know, mm. it's just um, you know I I I don't know how it's for a lot of people in the community 
how it's going to be reversed really in their mind easily, you know. Mm. Um, You're right, though. I, I just see these people now. They're like, uh, keys, wallet, phone, mask. Yeah, I can leave the house now. You know, like that's the mentality of some of these people. It's just part of yeah. them now. Yeah. Like, that's oh, ridiculous. Hey, that reminds me too. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember, like, what, maybe two or three months ago, it was all about the rat tests. Oh my God, rat tests. There's not enough rat tests. They have, oh, they're overcharging for rat tests. We need rat tests, rat tests, rat tests. Remember that? There was all this fucking hyper rat test, yeah? Well, yeah. Danielle goes to the uh, to fulfill a script that she needs, and uh, the, the pharmacy's like, oh, do, do you want some rat tests with that? And she's like, are they free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's five of them. They're just giving them away. They can't. They've got. They can't get rid of them. There's so <laughs> many of them. I'm not joking. I've got five of them at home now. We're going to do some tests on them, and I'll, I'll film it, and we'll get the results, and I'll, sh- I'll share it around with everyone. But we're going to test, you know, like water, fucking soft drink, and random shit. You know, we're going to put the results up there. Uh, hopefully, I think we've got a little black light, blue light thing. We're going to try and see if because some I know I've heard and I've seen some of these tests. The result is predetermined. You can actually you sort of hold the hold the blue light over it, and it shows the lines saying positive, and some of them will say negative. And then they, and then they do the test on it. Oh, look, it's positive. You know, like they're they're predetermined on some of them too. So we're going to examine that as well. So it's going to be fun. Awesome. <laughs> Keep an eye for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. Just thought of what I was talking about. Yeah. Rat test. Rat test. Now they're fucking giving the things away. So stupid. Oh, what a waste of money again. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's segue into, um, yep, so we're talking about the government, of course, and 2030 agendas and all that sort of shit. Well, folks, uh, I'm not sure if everyone caught wind of this, but Sky News put out an article, and of course, we'll cross over to Ethan's as well in a minute, but around uh, 10 days ago on the 9th of June, Australian job seekers will need to earn 100 points a month by completing tasks and activities to keep receiving welfare payments. What have we been talking about? It's all about the gamification of the public, all this youth and everyone else who have been gamified to now, it's just part of your, uh, your your fulfillment of your welfare. You've got to play the games. And what are the games? Well, basically the games are, um, there's more number than 30 tasks and activities which carry individual points. For example, people can earn 20 points a week for attending a job interview and five points for completing a job application. Points, targets, or minimum job search requirements can be reduced based on a person's personal circumstances. So there's a bit of uh, bit of that there for it. Uh, according to the Department of Education, Skills, and Employment's website, the PBA, PBAS will replace the current system where job seekers are required to apply for 20 jobs a month. Now it's all about earning points, and they've got a little graph as well. It's funny, but just before Sky News put this out, I actually had uh, one of my followers on Facebook shared it, and I was like, oh, where did you get this from? I said, and she, all she had was just a little screenshot from uh, from a website or from something. I'm like, oh, I need, like, the full-page link. Can you get me a link, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, oh, I'm at work. I'll send it to you later tonight. And then by the time that night rolled around, Sky News already put it out. I was like, ah, damn it, missed that one. Um, so I was going to put that out there because she was looking at it on the app on her phone going, oh, my God, like, what's what's this? This is new because she she's only just got a new job and she was previously doing all this, you know, applying for 20 jobs and all that just to get the welfare. And then she'd seen that it all changed and she's like thanking her lucky stars that she got a job. Um, so it was pretty interesting. But here we go. There's I got a little graph there. I'll put the link in the show notes for everyone as well. But um, I wonder if the screen share just for the uh, 
for the viewers, let me just quickly zoom in on it a little bit. I'll just screen share that one for the uh, for the viewers. Oh, I can just do that window. Excellent. Here we go. Let me know when you've got it, boys, just so I can. Yep. Yep, you got that. All right, so there we go. This is from their website. Tasks and activities, yeah, relocation for a job, points value, 100 points, self-employment assistance, business training, 25 points a week. It's all about earning these points, folks. And that's from the Sky News article as well, just so everyone can see it there. Uh, Ethan will expand on this as well, but just wanted to put that out there for folks. We've been talking about this because that basically is this new social credit system in its infancy. We've been waiting for it to kind of come to the shores here. And in my opinion, I'll, I'll ask your thoughts as well, guys. But in my opinion, this is like the beta test. This is like, or possibly even the alpha test to put it out there to see how this kind of thing works simply for welfare recipients of, you know, people in that sort of job searching kind of uh, arena there. Uh, but that's what I reckon it is. This is like a stepping stone. And hey, oh, if this works, if people start doing it, they get used to doing it within a couple of years time, bang. Uh, we've got ourselves a full-fledged system, which will be tied into probably things like, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the, they keep saying MyGov, your, your MyGov IDs and all that sort of stuff, possibly your tax, who knows? I mean, the, 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 the it's limitless really to what they can do. Uh, but that's all coming. This is all coming. This is just, here's a snippet. Here's what they've got planned. We're seeing the rollout of it now. We're seeing it's in its infancy of what this system could look like for us. Uh, Ethan, uh, let's cross over to you because you've got your piece on this, your take, your version uh, printed on, uh, published, sorry, on June 11, social credit, Centrelink job seeker overhauled with new point-based system. And I will go back to screen share while you're talking so you can read along with the folks as well. I've got you there, Ethan. Yeah, yep. Yep, cool. All right, just screen share back again. Hopefully it comes up all right. Oh, zooming the wrong page there. Oh, there we go. You got that yeah, on your end? Yeah, there it is, General. There it is. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, So mate, essentially, yeah. yeah, thank you for, obviously, you found the Sky News article and, and you shared this. So mm. I sort of did my own write-up on it. I, I sort of gave some of my thoughts, expanded thoughts on the system itself um, and, and sort of just provided some details for people there. But I sort of... Uh, Love the picture, the by questions. the way. Look at that picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> ding, ding, earn your points, ladies your and points. gentlemen. Yeah, the gamification, that's what I mean. It's perfect. you got the guy with the fucking control pad. It's awesome. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and you've spoken about that a lot, the gamification of society general, and mm. this is what this is. And I, I raise a few red flags with my comments on it. Um, I talk about how when you look at this, there's different levels for points, as you just mentioned, general. So you might get five points for filling out a job application, but you'll get 20 points for going into, say, a program like a PATH internship. So what this does is it implies that there are lesser tasks, and it means that if you want to get your points for the month, general, you would have to do more of the lesser tasks to reach your 100-point quota every month. That's just how it would work, wouldn't it? So mm -hmm. immediately, as you said, mate, they're testing the ground. They're letting people know, do what we tell you to do um, in, in a sense of just perpetual programs like path internship, work experience programs, the launch into work scheme, all of these things that 
are designed by the government just to keep people in a perpetual state of unemployment and, and fat in their own pockets. If you do that, it'll be much easier for you to get paid. But if you want to stick to job seeking and do your own thing, well, that's going to be a lesser task. So they're already uh, sort of training people, like you said, General, planting the seeds as to uh, almost a hierarchy of of behavioural tasks. Mm. And I think that Australians should definitely be pretty critical um, around the concept of measuring the numera- um, the numerical worth of tasks people are forced to fill out. When in reality, welfare payments are below the poverty line. This has been proven a number of times. And this really, yeah. it already, the system already hinders people from going out and, and, and it doesn't give them assistance and puts them in a program. So you've got to go, you're unemployed. Well, you're going to have to go attend this uh, job seeker program now. You're going to have to go in for five days a week, learn how to do resumes and all this stuff. Meanwhile, you could be out looking for work, but you have to mandatorily attend these courses. You have to, and this is just the next evolution of that. And my job with this article, so I gave my take on it general, but was to expand upon the sort of the greater links and the greater picture. And I think that's what I sort of did in this article. You mentioned it before, the MyGov ID system. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about this for years, how MyGov ID has slowly been rolled out from um, testing to beta to be able to replace. So everything is now centralised at the MyGov app. Everything from your tax to your Medicare to Centrelink access. And for the moment, with MyGov ID, if you go onto the MyGov website and try to sign in, mate, you have the optional uh you have the option to also sign in with your MyGov ID account, which, as we've talked about for years, mate, since the last couple of years, has been testing facial recognition login. So biometric login, you create yourself a digital ID, a MyGov ID, and you can sign in with your biometric details. So if we think about this, the picture's starting to become a little bit better. People now have to scan their faces. And how long will this stay optional, by the way? It's always optional before it becomes mandatory or the only way to do things, right? Just like iPhones, it was optional to scan in with your fingerprints. Now the the newer models, that's all you can scan in with. Facial recognition was optional. Now that's going to become the only way you can scan in the future. So once this all doesn't become optional, think of how this is going to link together, General. You've got your 100 points a month. You've got to scan your face to log in, earn your 100 points, and we will permit you the ability to have some money in your bank account. Is this not the sprouting seeds of a social credit system before our eyes? I mean, we've spoken about this for a long time, General, but you can see, mate, this is, as you perfectly put, a beta testing phase, but it's almost like it's already designed to link together. MyGov ID, and I I also mention in this article like the greater links of what's going to happen in the future with more unemployment, with AI taking over jobs, with universal basic income, which they're talking about. There's going to be massive amounts of people on the welfare system, which will be this biometric social credit system. So... What better way? Destroy the economy, destroy jobs, get everyone on universal basic income. And through this MyGov ID biometric 100 point system, 
a large majority of the population in the future, you could see theoretically, could be on our version of a social credit system. Mm. It's a it's it's almost being set up for that, mate. So this I, is what I explain in the piece, and I'll throw back to you to get your thoughts on on all of this. But that do you sort of see where I'm coming from with all of this? Yeah, absolutely. Links? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's where the tie-in is, of course. And you've got to make that link because we have that foresight. We can see where they're going with this. You don't just do these little things for no fucking reason at all. It's always there as part of a plan for the next step. It's the next step. What are they working to? Which comes to me, I just had a thought then. I'm wondering, I would love to know in in the parts of China where it's whole hog social, excuse me, social credit system, I would love to know, was that incre was it incremental? What did they have before that? Was it something like this? You know, was there was there were there baby steps to getting to that, or was it just on this date? This is the new Good rule. Question. I mean, they could have. It, it is China, and they probably could have just come heavy handed and done that. Or, yeah, you know, did they have to feel that they needed to get their their population in certain areas used to these sorts of things by stuff just like this? You know what I mean? So it's. I'm curious. I might have to look into that a little bit more just to find out. Uh, but yeah, that's that's, that's what they do. Yeah, because if because if basically what I'm saying is if they did that, then of course we love we love China over here, of course. So that just means oh well they've learnt from them. That's how they do it. You know the boiling fog boiling frog syndrome. You know just gently turn the heat up a little bit, and before you know it, bang! Social credit systems here. You know, need to get points to unlock my phone. Need to get points to go and do something, or you know all that sort of shit. That's where it's it's all tied into it. Um, yeah. Andy, I'm going to ask you this because you're obviously of the of the three of us, the more senior of the of the group. Back in the day, it was just the doll, you know what I mean? And if you needed the doll, you got the doll, you know. And there were doll bludges, yeah, yeah, and everyone made a big deal of it. And that that, that was always just a hot topic for stupid today, tonight, or sixty minutes, or whatever it is, you know, to just highlight a few doll bludges. And you know what? There are people like that that are out there that will skirt the system and do what they can just to get a bit of money and do fuck all. You know, it's going to be very hard to to not have that. And of course, people think that that's a big waste of money and all that sort of stuff. When technically, everything else that the government fucking does is a waste of money. Um, and there, someone taking a couple of hundred bucks a week is not going to be a massive waste of money considering the waste that they have. So what I'm saying is, do you think like could they just go back to a system where it's so simple like that? You know, or this is is this just a natural progression? Or is it gonna is it gonna teach those filthy doll bludges a lesson, Andy? Or does that not even come into? It? I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that kind of perspective as well. It's just become so complicated now because, like, yeah, you're right. When I when think I so was too. when when it was a when I was a kid, it was basically a payment for, you know, like unemployment situation. Maybe the company you're working for collapsed, or you know, you you, you broke your leg, you know, or something like that, and you know, it was always a temporary thing and, and people of the society back in the 70s and, and early 80s and stuff would sort of quickly get through that and get back, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak. Mm. So, you know, it, it worked like it was supposed to work. But now it's, you know, like you've got the NDIS, which I think is all part of the same sort of social security network as well now. Big waste of money, but yeah. And, well, it's just, man, it's just a huge drain on everything, you know. So people with mental health issues are suddenly eligible for all of this sort of thing. So it sort of it puts in lots of grey areas where, 
you know, if you're just not feeling good about things and stuff, you can sort of put your hand up and, you know. and yeah, Get a big payout for something. Yeah. Get, and we're not pay. making light of people who have mental health issues. We're just no. saying that it's opened up this area of just throwing money at problems, you know. That's exactly right. So, yeah. um, and then, of course, you know, you've got your carers who the system sort of pays for them to look after the people also, you know, in these difficult circumstances. So, yeah, it's just become hugely complicated now. There's this massive, you know, like leak of, of, of taxpayer funds into, into this system. Um, but, uh, but, man, yeah, it's, it's just got it's, – it's absolutely out of control. And and now, you know, it'd be interesting to get some stats. But let's just say, you know, in the in the early seventies, it's gone from like five percent of people that may be on unemployment benefit unemployment benefits, you know, of that sort of dole, like you say. Mm. I'm sure I, I, it would have to be probably well over thirty percent now. So, you know, we I reckon in I reckon in the space of you know, four or five decades, we've seen, we would see probably a 600%, something around that sort of number, rise in, in the use of government funds or government security. So, mm. it's so what once I'm, again, yeah. The, the sense I'm getting, Andy, is that this, this system that's just being rolled out now is unnecessary. It's overcomplicated and it's completely unnecessary. But in, in our point of view, for them, for the government rolling this out, this is absolutely necessary because this is the direction they wanted to take us. And it's that stepping stone to a more draconian way of dealing with the public in a sense and making us jump through hoops and, you know, playing playing this, you know, earning the points at certain levels just to scrape by, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and it's training us for that next step, I feel. Because it is. When you look at it as an overall whole, this system is so unnecessary. It's so stupid. It's a complete waste of money as well, I think. But it's there for a reason, you know. Sorry, Ethan, you were going to say something? Yeah, well, if, if I can if I can just we'll come expand. back to you in a second, Andy. Yeah. Um, like, I shared the article and there was some people that were saying, yeah, good, this is going to get the dull bludgers off their ass and stuff like that. And it's... If I can just expand upon that for, you know, any listeners out there that might be thinking that, like I've, I've previously worked within um, the um, job field, finding jobs. We were on the previous job active contract. Any government or any company can just apply for the job active contract if you're a youth organisation or social service or whatever and have your own program. And the misconception is the dole bludgers aren't the job seekers, the dole bludgers, a large majority of the time, are on family benefits, guys. They're the ones that are just having kids. They're getting paid for having three or four kids. They're taking all that money, neglecting the kids. And, like, they don't have to apply for jobs. They don't have to do all of this stuff because they're just literally getting paid for having kids. It's very hard to be a job seeker and be a dole bludger anymore. Until recently, until this whole overhaul, if you hadn't found a job within six months, they put you into the work for the Dole program mandatorily. So you're already beneath the poverty line, but now you have to work 25 hours a week just to be able to get your beneath the poverty line payment. And if you average it out on an hourly wage basis, it's literally slave labor. It's so far beneath the minimum wage 
just wow. for them to retain their Centrelink payment, it's ridiculous. And so the job seekers aren't the ones that have been the dole bludgers. It's very hard to be a dole bludger and a large portion of the actual fund because welfare services makes up everything. You've mentioned it. Disability is and mental health services are the, the, the massive part of it. Over 50% of the funding is, is, is those two departments. Mm. And then you've got family benefits and stuff. So the job seekers only make up a tiny fraction of the overall welfare market. And if you're familiar with how job seeking has changed within recent years, and you've just have, have spoken about it, it's very hard to be a dole bludger as a job seeker, where you're not getting paid for a kid or a mental illness or something like that. You have to apply for jobs. You have to go to interviews and stuff because they force you into their government programs, which are slave labor. And this is what they want for everyone. They want to destroy the job market so everyone's on benefits. So everyone has to get these points. And the only way to get these points is do a path internship program, do this apprenticeship program, which the government just spends billions of dollars bribing employers with wage subsidies to fund people to, to bump up all of their employment stats. Oh, look mm. how low employment is when they're spending billions just on wage subsidies to keep all of these kids hired. But once those apprenticeships are out and stuff, the kids just end up back on welfare. There's no jobs for them. It's all a fake system. So they want to create that with everything, universal basic income and everything. And it's not the job seekers that are the dole bludgers. As you just said, General, it's very unnecessary, this system, this new system. It was already hard before. And it's it's going to be designed to keep people in employment services and, and even all of this in this perpetual loop of unemployment. And that's what they want. So this, for people out there, that oh, it's just the dole bludgers, they'll get off their ass. Well, maybe they should do something with the family benefit payment. That's all I'm saying. Or people that are faking mental health illness and all of the where the dole bludgers actually go. Because job seekers actually want jobs and there's no job market for them. There's no economy for them. And they get just caught in perpetual unemployment loops and can't get out. And that's the reality. And yeah. social credit is coming through that system. Yeah. It's funny to say because a lady that um, was messaging, like, I saw the thing on uh, Facebook and I asked her about it. Um, you know, she, she didn't want the vax, so she when she was in health healthcare, you know, um, and that's all she'd ever done. So how hard she she got stuck in this shit. I've got to try and get you know I need I need these job seeker payments and stuff. I've got to try and get another job in another industry that I have no idea about, you know, because she can't get back into health because she's not going to get the vax. You know what I mean? And and apparently we're in a, we're in oh there's jobs everywhere at the moment. This is just I'm just going to get a job over there because there's just jobs everywhere at the moment. They're, they're saying it on TV. Look at all the job seeker and the seek.com <laughs> and there's so many jobs at the moment. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Because they fucking axed everyone and told them that if they can't work there and unless they're the vaccine. So well, see you later. And all of a sudden, all these jobs opened up. You know what I mean? Oh, jobs, jobs, jobs. Mind you, they reckon the employment rate is that fucking low right now. No, it's not. It's pretty much up there. It's just as high as it ever was because you've been fucking firing everyone for not having a vaccine. Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Andy, was there something else you wanted to chime in with before we cross over the next segment? No, crossover. I'm good. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of more government buffoonery, folks, here we go. We're going to uh, – and I'll cross over to you, Andy – uh, we might actually wind it up the discussion with what you shared in our little chat group. Um, so before we get into that bit, let's talk about the power situation happening here. Um, and I did share a post. Oh, I need to bring that up while I look for it. But anyway, um, so we've had all this talk of, oh, 
blackouts are coming, boys. We're going to be sitting here, you know, with some sort of uh, generator outside there trying to record the podcast because we're going to have no, we're going to have no, uh, no power on. We're going to be here in the dark. They're going to switch the power off. You know, power outages, boys. Uh, we haven't got enough power all of a sudden, or everyone's apparently using all the power up during the day, or what? You know, but that's what they're saying. And um, it didn't happen, did it? There was no power outages. I didn't see any reports anywhere on social media or any follow-up articles to say, yep, power went off in this these suburbs or these postcodes or whatever, whatever, energics, nothing, nothing. No power outages whatsoever. It was all hyped up, all the talk for a couple of days saying power is going to be going out. In my opinion, it was a massive, just a big social engineering uh, test just to see if they could pull that off. And because they know how much power we're using, everyone's got their fucking smart meters going and all that sort of shit. They know what they're doing. Uh, all, you know, obviously, all the power getting sent out to all the suburbs and whatnot, they know where it's all going. If they would have seen dips in those things, then they know that, ooh, ooh, that little uh, that media spin that we put out there talking about how there's going to be no power unless people, you know, stop charging their cars or turn off the electric heater or, you know, maybe just put a few extra blankets on and turn off your heater in the house at nighttime or something. That actually seemed to work. You know, we got a lot of people to do that. Um, so it was a nice little um, little test run there to see if they could get away with that sort of shit. And I just found that quite interesting that that was what the that was the plan. You know, because obviously all the talk lately is about how much um, how much power prices are going through the roof. And of course, I've had to try and lock in a new deal for my own power at home because it's just going up so much uh, for the next twelve months because. Uh, it's going to cost me an arm or leg just to freaking power the home as I, as I normally would. And we don't change anything really in, in any given day or time of the year. It's all pretty much the same. Yeah, the aircon's on a bit over summer. We barely use any heating at all in our, in this house in the winter, even though it's fucking cold. We just never really do. Um, you know, we cook the same sort of meals. We use the same sort of appliances. There's no real changes whatsoever for us. Um you know what I mean? So it was just—I just find it funny that what what are people doing differently? Right? We're apparently all doing something different this year that we have to all of a sudden we're running out of power. And I did share something. I'm just quickly looking for it right now. Uh, give me two seconds. I've got it just here, boys. Because it was something that um, here we go. So we could be facing power cuts tonight in Queensland. This is obviously when they were talking about it. So I'm kind of wondering what's different from last week or last month or Last year, no laws have changed. The same number of power stations are still running. None have been shut down by the Greens. The population hasn't grown that much relatively or figuratively. It was just as cold last winter and the one before that. Power generators haven't, uh, sorry, power generators haven't built anything new. Uh, they haven't upgraded much at all or anything, nor have they shut down anything or, or mothballed any of the old plants. We all have tons of solar panels on our roofs, apparently even more now. We've got solar coming through the roof. Uh, <laughs> excuse the pun there. Um, and all that's getting pumped back in the system, right? So where's all the power well, we are paying more and more for? Where's all the power we generate from for them at $0.05 cents a kilowatt and are forced to buy it back at 18 to $0.22 cents a kilowatt once the sun goes down? Uh, we are one of the world's largest exporters of gas and coal for power generation. Why do we suddenly have an energy crisis? Zero laws have changed in the last couple of weeks since Elbow got in. This is not a political issue that we can see, I guess. This is not a green issue. This is not about turning off dirty coal for renewables or any other nonsense, although that's probably coming in the pipeline. Uh, the exact same number of dirty coal-fired power stations that we're running a year ago are still running. 
even though it's apparently a bit more cleaner now. But anyway, it's just the fact that we're getting hosed again for corporate benefits. Um, so I didn't write that. I sh a friend of mine wrote that, and I was like, oh, that's actually quite well said. I'll share that as well. But he made a few good points there. You know what I mean? We're generating more solar power than we ever have with more and more solar things coming online. That's all that energy is going back into the grid, you know, all that sort of stuff. And yet we're in a, some sort of, somehow we're in an energy crisis. What am I missing? Well, you know, we're, apparently blackouts got avoided, but where Queensland is warned of possible power outages yet to come. That was on June 13th out of the New Daily. Um, I'll share that in the show notes as well. Uh, Andy, oh, let's go to you first on this one before we go to Ethan for this particular, uh, uh, his version on this. But, mate, what do you, what's your take on this? Is it just a, well, oh, in my opinion, it was a social engineering tool, just a, just a test run to see if we if they could do it. Oh, I agree with you, definitely, you know. And even, and the, because I don't really miss listen to mainstream news at all. And it was my mum who rang me up and said, oh, you know, be careful, you know, they go, the power's going to go off at five o'clock, and I said, "Oh, who cares? I'll go to bed early." So yeah, anyway, but that—that's just typical how they try and scare older people all the time. But you know, it's, it gets back to the bullshit of solar panels, um, general, because especially in winter time, like the sun disappears at four thirty, and what happens? Everyone comes home from their business or their their job or their school or their sporting activity and, and comes home and turns everything on, right, <laughs> when, when all the solar panels have all become inactive. So it, it just falls straight back onto the, you know, onto the network, onto the power network, and, um, and that's, that's where the problem is. So the, the solar panels are irrelevant on the, on the peak the peak load times, which yeah. is which is about five o'clock to like nine o'clock at night, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's that's where I see it, and that's that's the fraud around solar panels too, you know. And like you just said, like you know, they're they're profiting from the daytime, um, you know, contribution to the grid, mm. you know, big style. So and then charge um, you three three or four times as much to buy it back in the evening. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all. It's all bullshit. Remember right? I mentioned, was it last um, episode, I think I mentioned how they're building, you know, they're going to build the world, Southern Hemisphere's world's largest battery up at King Arroy, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, and may, maybe that's going to help. Maybe they are actually going to store some fucking energy there. But, I mean, it's not about, you know, that's, there's nothing green about that whatsoever, to be honest. But we all know that. That's just such a hoax anyway. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I, call, I call that a hoax, to be honest, that, that test run. Obviously, it was a hoax on us. Um, but, yeah, definitely a test run of social engineering just because I can tell you this, right? So I was at some of my clients' house, one of my clients' houses. I was like, oh, it's pretty cold today, you know. So I was talking to them that night, talking about the blackouts. It was that day and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty cold today. And, yeah, yeah, well, we've, we're all rugged up inside, you know. We're not, we're not using any heat at the moment. We've just got all the blankets and stuff. I'm like... Oh, why aren't you using any heat? Like, oh, well, they you know, they said not to use any heat and stuff, so we're we're going to do our part and not use any heat. And I just, I just shook my head and kept going on with my work. I went, well, they got you, they got you, hook, line, and sinker, love. Well done, good on them. You are a fool. But yeah, that's that's, that's what I mean. To me, that was proof in the pudding. That worked. You know what I mean, Ethan? Let's cross over to you, mate. Your take on this situation? 
Yeah, general, that's that's crazy, and 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 that's what it is. It's all psychological engineering on a mass scale. I agree with you. It was a hoax. It was a test run. We were actually recording an episode for the Patreon uh, members on uh, the last Monday night, and that's when they said that Queensland might experience a blackout, and we were having a little bit of a laugh about that. Oh, look out, mate! It's gonna go right. It was right in the the period that we were recording, but I think it was you that mentioned it to me, mate. That. This is like a normal thing that happens in countries like South Africa. They mm, just do right. this power load dumpage and then they say, well, you just don't have electricity or power for the next four or five hours. And it's just like a routine thing. Just you've mm. got to shut down everything. And it, it's almost like with this, they're starting to train people to accept that as, as a new That's normality. It. That's the new third world standard that Agenda 2030 is going to bring to everyone. And your client or, or the person you were working with, mate, they, they're they a perfect example of the people that are going to go along with this. Oh, we just need to do our part. They'll be sitting, you know, just in, in the middle of the woods in like a little tent with no house and solar panels and so oh, we're just doing our part because we destroyed the planet. You know, like it's – but people are being trained, mate, to accept this and, and that's what it is. When we know – I did an article on TOTT News – um, a few years ago in 2019, talking about the secret room that controls all of energy here in Australia. And the Australian, and these were the people that that stepped in and solved the energy crisis. They they come in and overruled the state and, and, and all of this stuff to, to save us, apparently, General. But their role, the Australian energy market operator, AEMO, has been doing that for years. They have what they call the brain centre an undisclosed Sydney warehouse location where they have a massive screen with all this algorithm of every circuit across Australia and they can actually, through um, algorithms and through coding, they can actually maintain Australia's energy consumption. So if one area gets a little bit too overloaded and needs to be, you know, needs more energy from somewhere else, they can take it and, and they've already thought of these things. So the fact that they're saying that this could be a problem, you immediately know it's a hoax because they've already prepared for this stuff with the AMO's brain centre and all of these advanced collective centralised places that control the energy market here in Australia. Yeah. The wholesale energy market, the WEM in Western Australia, they control the Victorian Energy Networks Corporation, all of this stuff, the gas market company, GMC, all regulated from one room in Sydney. So for them to tell us that, oh, it's you're going to have a blackout, I see it the way you see it, psychological engineering, training people for this future, which renewables will bring once everything doesn't work, to accept we need to do our part for the planet, mate, and shut mm. everything down. That's exactly right. And you, you mentioned the AMEO, and on this article, which I'll put a link in the show notes, folks, that they've got here, and people kind of... People kind of don't realize this. If you, I guess, if you just kind of asked the the general person on the street, you know, um, where does our energy come from, or how does our energy system work, you know, it, it'd be a tough answer. They, they either wouldn't know, or be like, oh, the government gives us energy, or they provide electricity. It's not how it fucking works. You know what I mean? Um, let me just read these couple little paragraphs here. So in that same article, cap on electricity spot prices. The operator has imposed a cap on electricity spot prices of $300 per megawatt after seven consecutive days of surging wholesale prices. As a consequence of the administrated price gap in Queensland, the AEMO has been uh, has seen generation bids reduce, the AEMO said in a statement. 
The operator said with a lack of reserve electricity in the system, demand could exceed supply in parts of Queensland connected to the national energy market from early Monday, early Monday evening. The AEMO will take available uh, actions to deliver additional supply or demand reduction uh, to maintain power system security, it said. The AEMO will continue to monitor reserve conditions closely in Queensland, New South Wales and more broadly across the NEM, uh, providing, that's the national energy market, uh, providing further updates should conditions change. And it's got here wholesale spot prices quadrupled in a year. So people kind of got to get their head around, you know, these this power generation in Australia is, is highly regulated by these, I guess, Maybe are they, I don't know if they're part government or solely wholly independent, I'm not quite sure there, even myself, to be honest. Uh, I've got know? a, well, I, I, I pulled up that um, the article I wrote in 2019, and at the bottom it actually says on the AMO website, it states, quote, the national en energy market infrastructure comprises both state and private assets yep. managed by industry participants. There you go. Which the, in, in, so the industry participants are private, corporate, and government, of course. They're all, all much of them. Exactly, mate. And it's almost like a stock market. It says here over $11 billion of electricity is traded annually in the national energy market to meet the demand of almost 19 million end use consumers every year. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, so I think it's know, all people have no clue about it, mate. Yeah. As you said. Uh, and 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 with good cause. I mean, it's so fucking confusing just talking about the energy market and stuff. It's just insane. All built, of course, to line the pockets of big business as they do to hold us accountable for using too much energy. Because yeah, in the same article, it even says there, heat one room only if possible. You know, don't heat your whole house. Just heat one room. Residents should heat only one room where possible and turn off appliances, pool pumps, and electronics on standby mode. There we go. All that same sort of shit we we're just talking about, hoodwinking the public once again. And like you mentioned before, that was another client of mine who actually was, uh, they're from South Africa originally. They went back over there for uh, a couple of weeks, I think three weeks holidays, come back and I was having a chat to about his trip and he's like, yeah, it's funny. We were just sitting there having dinner one night. It was like seven o'clock in the evening, the power goes out. And no one even says anything. They just go. They just go and start lighting all the candles. They have sort of preset everywhere else because it's a very common occurrence. It happens on a daily basis. They'll just turn the power off for about two hours because of load shedding and uh, maintenance. Maintenance apparently, uh, all this sort of stuff. But I mean, I couldn't tell you the exact reason why they're doing it. But they have become accustomed to that. That is now a part of life for them. I mean, that's not how we should be living in this country. I mean. Man, they've got to sort their shit out because that we don't want that here. You know what I mean? And yet they're already we're, – we're now seeing inklings of that. They're preparing our minds for that with these test runs of this psychological social engineering. That's what it comes down to. Um, Andy, let's um, segue out of this one and uh, wind up the episode with that piece that you've sent uh, Ethan and myself. Before I, uh, Let me just bring that up here. Uh, here we go. How funny was that too, boys, when I mentioned to you is scientists studying temperature at which humans spontaneously die uh, <laughs> with <laughs> with increasing yeah. urgency. Uh, more of that vaccine. Yeah, just coming yeah, up was... with any excuse to blame anything but the vaccine. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, I, was, I, I, I was looking for the climate change reference and it's like, uh, yep, there it yeah, was. There it is. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> that fucking climate change. And now it's causing heart problems. Oh, fuck me. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, feel free to take us through this one a bit, Ando. What's uh, what's the what's the gist here? We're talking about electric vehicles. 
Yeah, look, it was an article by uh, Dr. Jay Lear and Tom Harris that caught my attention. And um, I actually made a Facebook post about it earlier in the week. And uh, I basically said, when when the Queensland government announced that there was going to be a power shortage and they were going to load shed like you just described before, and that and that little panic went on earlier early in the week, and it sort of I made a post saying, well, if we're in an energy crisis now, how will how will it be if we're all driving electric cars? You know, all having to plug in our cars of an evening when we come home from work. You know, because if 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 uh, our air conditioners in reverse cycle have thrown the whole state into an energy crisis. Imagine if every bloody motor car or every vehicle has to be charged as well. So, you know, like this, just the nonsense around electric cars and, and this article is really good and um, there's a few main points. Do you, do you want me to go through a few main points, General? Please do, yeah, definitely. Okay, so the, the, the main point that, like, I sort of like, and segueing into um, like Ethan and yourself's work in regards to, you know, high-speed rail and the smart cities along the East Coast, it's it's clear to me that like one thing that they want to destroy is basically our, our ability to transport ourselves, right? It's absolutely clear to me. And that mm. things like the, you know, high-speed rail, like and things like that would be the only way that they want humans to be able to move around in the future, right? Does that make sense mm-hmm. for everyone? So I believe the electric vehicle fiasco is just a way of destroying basically personal transportation. And um, some key points um, that this article raises is uh, like a uh, like in this, in the life of a twelve year old Tesla car the actual battery will have to be replaced three times at a cost of 22 grand per battery change, right? So I thought, well, there's nothing really economical about it, about this sort of, you know, transport. And, of course, you've got the very non-green, um, you know, fact in regards to disposing these batteries, right? It's mm. just... Like uh, like disposing them and producing new ones as well. So um, that's the thing um, that needs to be discussed as well. It's an um, environmental catastrophe, to be honest. Well, it is. Yeah, it's ex- exactly right. Um, the other big point that they raised to is like power companies. They just can't. There's absolutely no way with the current transmission lines uh, and generation. There is absolutely no way feasible that everybody's car electric car if we get rid of fossil fuel cars can can hop onto the network it's just absolutely impossible so we would have to like develop some sort of way of charging our cars in very off peak times you know so you you be interesting how they think that they could possibly do it. But I just think it's just flat out impossible. The other thing that the article mentions is filling stations. Can you imagine, General, like if you go to a petrol station now to, to put diesel in your in your work ute, mm. you're in you're in and out in five or six minutes, right? Mm-hmm. If you can imagine like a busy petrol station uh, and you need to be in there for 
a minimum of 30 minutes, probably up to up to eight hours if the charge is really, really low. And all of the people in like a peak time of, of a petrol station and the lineup and the queues and the amount of cars that would all be sitting around all charging at the same time. It's it's absolutely it's just not possible. You it's know, not feasible, and the re- is it? The, the real estate that would be required for an average service like power recharging center would have to be would have to be ten times the size of of your average servo that it's in existence now. You know, um, and then of course it goes into the, when you've got all of those cars on charge. Um, it did make some mention of there that was um, that the actual power consumption required for that recharging center with let's just say for instance thirty to fifty cars all on charge at the same time would be just insane you know like the like the amount of power generation required for uh, uh, a, that that sort of service station if you like would just be absolutely off the hook mm. um, so it's just it's it's not practical. It's not feasible. It's just ridiculous, um, you know. So uh, I'm just the actual electric vehicle thing is just a complete scam, an absolute scam, um, and and another way of destroying and forcing us into these smart cities because basically you can't you can't live on a on a rural property or or a farm or something like that off the beaten track if you haven't got some way of transporting yourself right you know so you you sort of like then then it all gets dragged back into the you know people have will have no choice but to come back into smart cities as well where their only form of transport will will exist um so that's 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 how i see the agenda Mm. going with all of that so yeah so i'm calling Calling a big bullshit on electric cars, mate. Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can see it now, boys, that one person who thinks he's the real smart one driving around his Tesla with the with the boot slightly ajar, got the Oki strap there holding the boot closed because that diesel generator he's got in the back, which is then plugged up to the car at the same time, so he can just keep going. You know, he's the smart guy. I can just see that now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking these idiots have you seen them as well there's a lot of videos and pictures around uh on the, on the internet as well of the electric vehicle that's just stopped dead on the side of the road and an old mate comes up he has to recharge it with a d he's got the generator on the side plugged in giving you some juice for the next hour or whatever like you're kind of defeating the purpose there fuckwits you know like it's so stupid oh it's just it blows me away it's, yeah, so, it's funny it's so it's so backwards too can you know, can <laughs> it's you imagine- inverted it's you know, version of reality again, Andy. In your busy life, can you imagine with an electric ute, for example, you're halfway through your day or, or whatever, or to, and, you, and you've got another three or four jobs to do. Your car's running on empty, and you need to go and you need to drive it to some sort of charging station, and you need to sit there for a couple of hours, right, to recharge your work vehicle, mm. so then you can go on and continue the, your day. As opposed to what we've always done, and whip in there and 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 pour diesel in there, and then keep going quickly. Mm. It just it it's inefficient. It's it's just impractical. It's just it's so ridiculous. It's not funny. You know what and, I'm seeing a lot too, Andy, is 
and this is just in in my world, right? As a gardener, right? So I, I, all my equipment I use, I use. Um, all, they're all it's all power equipment as in not non-battery um stuff so it's all you know fill it with fuel give it a crank and away you go room room running and running engines on them and stuff excuse me every time i go to the mole place to you know put it in for a service as i do because it gets a lot of wear and tear keep them going um every it seems to be more and more equipment that's coming out from big companies like steel and stuff Oh my God, they're pushing battery. It is all battery. Everything's battery. Oh, you should get yourself. Now we say to me, oh, you should get yourself a battery, battery thing and this and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm like the device itself. It's it's quite cheap, right? It's because it's the same system as everything else with no uh, battery on it. They of course sell the batteries separately. Those fucking batteries, man. I'm like, how? Long? I always ask me, how how long does it last? You know, like if I was to use that for a busy day and do six jobs and whippers and blah blah blah. Oh yeah, you probably get through half of it before you have to charge it again. You're like, well, what's the fuck? I get two batteries. Is that what you're saying? And these things are like fucking four hundred bucks each, man. I'm like, I'm just gonna yeah. go and get the petrol one. It's you know, what I mean, like, if your blokes are smart enough, you can service that shit yourself, you know, and just fill it up with a bit of petrol now and again, you know. And they run longer, yeah. They're a bit louder, a bit smellier, blah blah blah. But like, it's a trade off, I guess. You know what I mean? But I'm not gonna be running around trying to, you know, with my Batteries sitting on the passenger seat, plugged into the cigarette lighter, just trying to charge them between jobs and stuff. Like, no fucking way. And then again, like there's that same issue. Those batteries do not last for four or five years. You, you've got to get rid of them after probably about three years because they just start to gradually gradually lose charge and stuff. They don't charge as long or as fast or they degrade, all that sort of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So what's the point? And then I even saw they're like, oh, well, if you want to, if you're going to be doing it all day, they're like, oh, there's this new backpack version. You literally have a like a school backpack, and the whole thing's a battery, and it's then connected to you to, to your whippersnipper or whatever. I'm like, fuck that. No. I don't like even feel safe that. with that shit on my back. I don't want to be wearing a backpack, and then you got this, and you're trying to do work. I'm like, fuck no. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But that's what they're pushing. You know, it's all about this. You know, stop using power, uh, um, you know, petrol-powered equipment, and keep using batteries, batteries, batteries. Oh man, talk about forcing it. But I know one guy who, one of my mates who also does the same business. He's got one piece of equipment with which is battery, and I think it's only his header or something because you don't use it as much. You know what I mean? Not like your whippersnipper or your mower. Uh, I always see. <laughs> I can't tell you how many clients I've got that have got a battery-powered. You know, Ryobi fucking lawnmower that just sits there in the garden somewhere or in the shed or whatever because they don't fucking use it anymore because it's shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just pointless. They they last about 20 minutes and they can't do the job. So they rely on Ole here to go and <laughs> get the general out there with his power gear. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's just such... It's so ridiculous and they throw so much money at this shit. It just blows me away. And the environmental catastrophe that is resulting in this. It's literally a green catastrophe. You know what I mean? It's so inverted, so ridiculous. Um, Ethan, I might just ask you, Andy's uh, put this forward for us about the EV cars and how the market is and the ridiculousness of it all, mate. What's what's your take on it, brother? Yeah, it is It is crazy. Crazy times, General. I, I agree with Andy. It is, it is a stepping stone for the end of private vehicle ownership, for the end of all of this type of stuff. That's what it really is. It's not meant to be a world where everyone is now driving electric cars around. That's implausible. This is just a narrative. Yeah, it's set up to fail. It, this is the narrative that is designed to keep people's uh, minds at ease as we transition away from the fossil fuels, from cars, 
because it gives them some security. There is something replacing this. We're going to a better future when they're not realising that they're just being stripped of everything, which they won't have a choice with fuel costs going up, with rego, with all that yeah. stuff. It'll become expensive. almost inobtainable in, in a few years. And they've I wrote an article with New, New Dawn magazine, um, the end of private vehicle ownership in Australia, mm. and, and industry groups have said, by 2050, if you own a private car, you will be in the minority because it's all a stepping stone for, like, everyone's going to transition to it. You talked about the costs and stuff. A lot of people won't be able to afford it. But it's all designed for everyone rushes to it, the system fails, but then, hey, we've got driverless vehicles and we've got smart train infrastructure and we've got you don't need cars anymore. You can just mm. catch the highly sophisticated new uh thing we've been building in brisbane that goes under the city and everything you know all of these massive infrastructure projects that we're using to transform you don't need a car anymore so what, yeah. what's the point if electric doesn't work like that's their way they're sort of pushing it and you know what ethan it, it just occurred to me then when you were saying that because i kept thinking to myself how are they going to get away with this brisbane is such a spread out area right but if they sort of all of a sudden they, they go oh we've got you know the high-speed rail here, 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 and here to get into town or to do whatever you want here. You know, here's the hub. There's a few places around. So instead of driving in everywhere, all you need to do is go for a shorter distance to get to that train and then get that that high-speed network in, you know, that electric train or whatever, you know what I mean? So currently, of course, so that way it's going to, it's going to encourage people to, you know, when they're buying houses and homes in these brand new, you know, mega smart cities and stuff that are just so perfectly laid out and things like that when they're coming up from in the rural areas. Oh, well, you know, it's just going to be so much easier. We don't want to buy over there. There's no high-speed rail over there. So mm. it's going to change that consumer habit by living closer to the smart cities so they can get the high-speed rail to where they've got to go and stuff. It'll That's it kind of didn't occur to me, but that's how they're going to do it. It's just going to change consumers' yeah. habits by basically making it that way you have to go to here why would you want to live out there that's all the petrol heads out there you know you want to be smart yeah. and live in the city this is a good area for you you know that's it and andy raised a great point about the regions you can't survive without a car in a lot of the regions and stuff 100%. so it's, it's all a, it'll all be this new way of training people to do so and that's what it is mate it'll all be set up general why would you want to spend $300 on fuel to take a lovely drive with your family down the east coast of australia when you can get there in half the time for a quarter of the cost on our high-speed rail, why would you want to sit in traffic every day and drive into the busy CBD to work? Exactly. Why would you want to sit on that highway every day, General, in that traffic when you can get on this bullet train and it'll take you to the city in five minutes? Mm -hmm. Do you want a 40-minute train ride or do you want to get a five-minute train that's running every two minutes? This is the way that they're going to push people and people will go, well, I'm not paying that for fuel and, well, that's easier for my time and I can't afford electric, so here I go into that market. And yeah. that's where it starts to, to snowball from that and the more it becomes integrated, the better it becomes, the more convenient it becomes. That'll be the future for everyone. And the social engineers are sitting up with their clipboard and going, well, that was fucking easy, tick, you know, where's yeah. the next step? Yeah. Driverless oh. cars, you order Uber or something like that or a taxi and it'll be just an AI driverless car and mm. your social credit points might not be up to date this month, General. You can't travel more than 15Ks outside of your local area, sorry. Maybe I should apply for some more jobs. 
Maybe I'll get my credits up just enough. <laughs> exactly. So it, this is this is the way it's going, folks, and you just need to keep an eye out for this because mm. they're, they're going to drive it up. They're going to make it completely unaffordable for cars, completely unaffordable for all this stuff, and people will transition naturally to the smart city dystopia. If we think it's bad now, folks, this is a drop in the ocean. Hate to sound all dystopic and uh, pessimistic here, folks, but we call it like we see it. We can see the things happening. We can see these things being put into place. It's not by happenstance. It's part of the plan. All right. Uh, we might wrap it up there, boys. I think that's some good topics covered there. We're just about an hour and a half now for the show as well. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, anything else you wanted to uh, add in, Andy, before we uh, wrap it up for this one? No, I think we covered everything that I that I wanted to cover, mate. That's fantastic. Thank you, General. Mm, I loved it. Awesome, man. Ethan, anything from yourself, brother? No, General. Um, another great episode. Um, it was really good to have a chat about. I think we covered a lot in this episode, so mm. um, definitely a lot for people to digest over. And and it's honestly good to be talking about things that aren't COVID related, you know, as much anymore. Oh, look, it's, it did get it, a mention, but yeah, you're right. There are more pertinent topics than the scamdemic for sure. Yeah, because that was just one piece of, of the larger picture. And I hope that people out there, even if they've been newly introduced to sort of the, the concept of alternative thinking through COVID, you know, I hope that they are starting to learn sort of the bigger pictures behind it. It's not just about lockdowns and economic destruction. There is a solution that's coming and we can see it. Um, sort of building so we'll keep an eye on it thank you to everyone the, for tuning in and the final solution ethan uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Nazis we have ways <laughs> we have ways Klaus schwab <laughs> we have ways <laughs> we might get done <laughs> Very good. oh hash schwab yes hash schwab you have old yes <laughs> probably should have done that it won't make the youtube damn it Oh, I've, even, I've given up putting off. this on YouTube now. Go straight to BitChute. They keep they keep blacking, blacklisting me and striking me. They've already warned me. One more strike and the whole channel's gone. I went, oh fuck it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'll leave the channel there. But I'm not uploading anything more to it anymore. Everything is going to go to my BitChute guys. So look me. Just look up for Real News Australia, all one word over at BitChute, and you'll find uh, the videos of some of the shows we've done there. And because I'm still a bit of a noob at it, um, all the all the member stuff that I've been putting up there, I hadn't unlisted it. So it's all there for free. So everyone yeah, gets fucking ever for free. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't going to mention it. Yeah, <sighs> I know. And I just realized on the weekend, I'm like, where can <laughs> I fucking do that? I don't know how to do it. I finally found it in the settings. I'm like, oh, there it is. So I managed <laughs> to put up. I managed to put up the last one that uh, the last member show you and I did. And um, BitChute takes a bit longer to upload, unfortunately. When it's a sort of it was like 1.5 gig or something that show. So it took a while to get up there. I went. Oh, fuck, I'll let it run. I had to take my son to footy, come back, and it was like, or halfway through, I got the email saying, oh, your video is now live. I went, damn it, they're all going to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't unlist it until it goes live. I'm like, fuck. So, so a whole bunch of people got to listen to it for free. Like, oh, well, if you got in there early, you were smart enough, good on you. Because <laughs> yeah. I had someone say, oh, yeah, I already watched it. And then I couldn't find it after that. I'm like, oh, well, you fucking. Because <laughs> I took it off you. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, that's so, good. Yeah. I didn't see it up there. I, I've been tuning in on the bit shoot secretly, and then I was waiting for our episode to go, and then it didn't. I was like, he's figured it out. He's figured <laughs> out that they're all public. <laughs> yeah, so I have now. So if you're one of the lucky ones, yep, you've got a free run there, folks. So if you really want to get more of that content, then 
you got to throw a few bucks my way. Get over to the patreon.com forward slash real news Australia. Join up there. Alternatively, of course, head over to tottnews.com and join up as a member and support Ethan's tremendous work. Of course, all those links for today's show will be in the show notes as well if you wanted to check over them or share them around as well. Uh, and again, thanks to all the listeners out there. Quick tally now. Let's have a quick look. Here we go. Uh, refreshing. I thought we'd be a little bit higher by the end of this show. I'm uh, sorry, by the time this one went out, but uh, I'd say by the time... Yeah, so we're sitting at around 133,000 roughly, which is still pretty good. So by the time this one's out there and does the rounds in two weeks' time, it'll be well over 135. So it's doing really well. I'm really pleased with how the show is going. Lots of listeners from around the world. G'day to all the new listeners out there. If you are on board, feel free to um, write us a little positive five-star review on iTunes and all that sort of stuff. It really does help get the show out there as well. Um, apparently, according to one of my statistics and distribution sites that I'm with, um, this podcast ranks in the top 5%, so we're doing really good. People are loving it. They're loving the info. Thanks, guys. Um, I shall talk to you soon. Andy, thanks again, mate. Peace out. Pleasure, brother. Thanks, General. Thanks, Ethan.
the sun.